0: Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the NFL Week 14 Early Edge Mega Preview presented by BetMGM. I am joined today by RJ White and Emery Hunt, two of my favorite NFL cappers. And before we dive in to a pretty interesting slate, I want to note that Emery, he crushed XFL, he crushed USFL, he crushed CFL, he crushed college football. He's also profitable in NFL. Basically, every kind of football this year Emery is up for Sportsline members. And then R.J. White threatening to cash in Circa Million, uh, like he cashed twice already in the Westgate Las Vegas Super Contest, 40 and 25 on his NFL contest picks, which you can see every Friday on Sportsline, his top five plays. My best bets, my officiating angles also off to a good start this season. So, guys, let's get into it. We got some great matchups, but we also have to start with Thursday night football. Patriots at the Steelers you've got a Patriots team that scored 13 points the past three weeks combined you've got a Steelers team that scored 16 touchdowns all season on offense and you have a total that we haven't seen this low in 30 years and guys the weather is perfect um so RJ are you going to be laying six points with the Steelers
2: I think it's tough. I mean, this is likely going to be the first game with an over-under at 31 or less since 2006, thanks to the New England offense with one touchdown since Week 9. They just cannot score, and they just lost their best offensive player in Ramondre Stevenson. So I don't know how they're going to score at this point. I mean, Pittsburgh's defense is 20th in yards per play. They may not have a Landon Roberts. This is a situation where you would expect some type of functional offense to go out there and put points on the board. Um, I would expect them to run a little. I think Bailey's at quarterback gives you a little bit of that run game potential, so maybe that helps them move the ball. The the Patriots defense has not given up. They're the best unit in this game, in yards per play, first in yards per rush, where Pittsburgh needs to be successful because you don't want to hang this all on Trubisky's arm. I think New England's going to show up in prime time. I just can't expect Pittsburgh to cover a big number on such a small total here. So the only way that I would look to this game is to the Patriots at plus six.
0: Yeah, listen. You make they, some good points, R.J. I will note that Mike Tomlin seven and zero straight up and against the number, coming off a straight up loss, and that was an embarrassment against Arizona last week. Emory, which way are you going?
1: Yeah, they they're obligated to show up because um, <laughs> they have to show up because they have to go out there and play in a game. But that offense will be back where it was a couple of weeks ago. They may not even score again against Pittsburgh. It's about who you trust from a quarterback position in this game. And you have to trust Trubisky right now over the entire depth chart of New England. They should actually play Malik Cunningham. I think we may be looking at a 17-3 game. So, for that case, I'm just laying these points with Pittsburgh.
0: Well, we've got a difference of opinion on that game. If you're going to bet that game, where are you going to bet it? Probably a good decision would be bet MGM. They have all the action and new bet MGM customers can sign up today and get a first bet offer up to $1,500. If your first bet loses, you will receive up to $1,500 in bonus bets with bonus code edge 1500. That's edge 1500 guys. We're gonna attack the Sunday slate in a minute, but first let's hear from one of our sponsors. Sunday afternoon starts with an NFC South clash. The Bucs at the Falcons. Falcons leading the division at six and six. The Bucs and the Saints at five and seven. Guys, this is basically a division to see who will get blown out by the Cowboys or the Eagles in the wild card round. Whichever team doesn't win the NFC East will be the top wild card. But you look at that first matchup, 16-13 Falcons in Tampa Bay. They actually dominated the stats. It was just 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 those Desmond Ritter turnovers that made it an interesting game. RJ, which way are you leaning?
2: It was ugly win for both teams last week. Atlanta averages three yards per play, but managed to win the turnover battle three, nothing. They should have an easier time on offense at home versus a banged up Tampa defense. If these key guys remain out. So we'll have to monitor those injuries throughout the week. Tampa's win more convincing considering it was just kind of a backdoor cover there, but there were cracks in the armor of their run defense. And that's what Atlanta wants to lean on in this game. Atlanta's defense quietly solid across the board, 10th in yards per play, top 10 versus pass and run second on third down first in the red zone. So very good situationally. Um, so I would lean to Atlanta minus two and a half. If Tampa doesn't get an explosive play from Mike Evans, I'm not sure they reach the end zone in this game. Um, but, you know, this is this seems like a perfect teaser opportunity at a relatively low total for the Buccaneers. I just don't see anything really on the slate to tease it with unless you're looking at that that uh, Broncos-Chargers game and can only get two and a half. Then you can pair the Buccaneers and the Broncos together in a teaser. Otherwise, I'm only a lean on Atlanta here. One big thing to watch is A.J.
0: Terrell will be out. Uh, that could open up things for Mike Evans. Emery, which way are
1: you leaning? Lay these points with Atlanta. I think what's undersold about the Falcons is how they ran the football down the Jets' throat. That doesn't happen. That Jets' defense is very good. They ran right up and down the field with all of their running backs, Patterson, Bijan, and also Algier. And we saw Desmarita throw some perfect passes in that ball game. I don't expect him to fumble about the goal line twice in this one again, so I'm laying these points with Atlanta. The NFC okay. Championship game, by the way. NFC South Championship game, by the way. Wow, so you're writing off off your Saints. That's interesting. Derek Carr is still out there. There's no reason to trust the Saints to do anything.
0: All right, well, we've got our first official play on the show. Emery laying the two and a half with the Falcons. Another divisional game that's interesting in Chicago. I jumped on this. Bears plus four early in the week. We've seen nothing but Bears money down to three and a half and three at a lot of spots. The weather will not be good. We know Jared Goff struggles. I've been on the Bears for several weeks. As their defense has gotten healthy, as they added Montez Sweat, they are just, uh, they stuffed the run completely. So the Lions, which is what they wanna do, uh, is run the football. They're gonna have trouble doing that. And then it's Jared Goff in that weather. I don't think there's any way you could lay more than a field goal with the Lions team coming against a Bears team that is off the bye and healthy and Justin Fields running will be better than Jared Goff passing. That's how I look at it. That's an official play. Emery, what about you?
1: Right there with you. I'm just going a step further and taking the Bears on the money line. We talk about these weather conditions. This game will be mile-an-hour winds up to 30 miles an hour. That doesn't bode well for Jared Goff. Throwing the football that doesn't bode well for his weight. They may lift him up out of the stadium, him being so slight, but in all seriousness, Justin Fields lays, you touched on it. That's the true X factor in this ball game. This will be an ugly game because of the weather, and you have to trust who can win these ugly games that bears defense, and with the fact that they can run the ball along with Justin Fields may be the difference here. So I like them on the money line against Detroit. All right. Well, I will take that endorsement uh, for my play as well.
0: And let's look at another game that is going to be impacted by weather, Colts and Bengals. You would see this total a lot higher uh, if there wasn't going to be some strong wins, because what Jake Browning did uh, on Monday Night Football, 32 of 37, uh, getting the ball to Jamar Chase, you know, really opening up that offense. And now we saw Chase Brown, the rookie running back, getting involved, and he has another gear that Joe Mixon obviously does not have. And on the other side, the Colts have been an over team. The Colts have been uh, allowing points but scoring points against most teams emory i know you've been on the colts all season uh what do you think of this matchup in such a short spread
1: we're starting to get into that round robin playoff wild card uh, matchups and games guys that can play themselves in and play themselves out so this is essentially one of those type of games so i like the over here more than anything you touched on the colts defense i i like them in certain spots because they tend to stop the run well, and also they can turn the ball over, but they do give up the big play. And we saw the Bengals' defense give up the big play as well. With Gardner Minshew and Jake Browning playing with house money, both of those guys as reserves stepping in for the starter, I think this number, despite the weather, is a little bit too low, so I do like the over. Okay, well, great. I'm
0: going to stay off the side, and hopefully R.J. White will rejoin us in a minute once we get the technical issues hammered out. But another game heavily impacted by weather you know we're recording this on Wednesday and we're seeing like projected gusts of 35 miles per hour winds but you've got to check close to kickoff because anything over 20 miles an hour really affects the passing game and we saw what happened when the Browns had the weather games last season uh and this could be another one Browns laying three with Joe Flacco against C.J. Beathard That was such a brutal loss for the Jags. Not only do they lose their quarterback, unlikely to play on a high ankle sprain on a short week, they also lost Christian Kirk. They also lost several defenders. And because it was overtime, the defense was on the field for about 75 plays. Now it's a short week. The Browns' defense has been lights out at home. On the road, they've been a totally different defense. But this is in Cleveland. So, Emery, are you willing to lay a full field goal with Joe Flacco?
1: I'm going to stay away from the side, but I will say the low total here is too low. You mean to tell me you can't expect a 17-14 game, which is, what, 31 points, which helps you cross this over? I'm taking the over. I think Jacksonville, with their ability to run the ball and they have an explosive talent and Travis Etienne, that's someone that can do a great job of hitting the home run. And I feel like the Browns can get 10 points, 13 points, maybe 14 points. I feel like what we saw from Beathard, and if Bethard isn't able to go because of the wrist injury that he hurt in that ball game, keep an eye out for Nathan Rourke, the former CFL off, most outstanding player in 2022. He left the CFL to come take that backup role with the Jacksonville Jaguars. That's a sneaky guy that no one's talking about. Great athlete, dual threat guy, had a great preseason with the Jaguars. Ultimately, he didn't win the backup role. But this is another opportunity that presents itself for him. You combine that with Travis Etienne, I think they can Help cast this over,
0: Emory. That's why I love having you on because of the depth of knowledge that you have of every roster, and we're not talking about the starters, but the you know the third string quarterbacks in any league they've been in. Uh, there's a reason you go to the Senior Bowl every year. Uh, let's move on to the next game because this is my second official play for the show, and that is the Carolina Panthers getting the points against the new Orleans saints and RJ is back. And that's great to see. And I think he agrees with me on this one, Carolina plus five and a half. They were just getting a similar number in Tampa Bay. And the one thing they did, uh, which was very smart on Thomas Brown is give the ball to Chuba Hubbard 25 times for over a hundred yards. And unfortunately guys, when it came down to it, third and one and fourth and one, they decide to throw the ball with a chance to tie the game or win it. And they're still getting criticized for that. And also Brian Burns, your best defensive player gets ejected. I just think there's no way this saints team without Derek Carr and with some of the injuries and just the conservative mentality of Dennis Allen, they have not covered a home game all season. They're zero and five against the spread at home, two and three straight up. No way they should be laying this kind of points because The Panthers like this coach, this interim coach, Chris Tabor. They are playing hard for him. They want to do right by Thomas Brown as well, uh, who's getting a shot as the OC. Uh, I'll take the Panthers and keep it close. RJ, what about you?
2: Yeah, sorry about that. My modem crashed. So I needed a minute to, for it to reboot, but I'm back again now. Um, Carolina's defense, good again. Aside from that 75-yard Evans touchdown, 4.3 yards per play, and their other 57 defensive plays last week. They're 11th in yards per play, and so I think with a good defense here, and the Saints offense, so beat up on both sides of the ball, actually, but could be starting their, their backup quarterback. I think this is too many points to lay. Um, New Orleans defense, 27th in yards per rush and 8th in yards per pass, so you want to attack on ground anyway. And it looks like Carolina figured some of that out last week, so even though New Orleans rebounded after a rough first quarter last week um, you know and Jameis gives them more upside and explosive plays but he can kill you with turnovers I think this will be a low scoring game like the total suggests and I want to take the points with Carolina here if I'm playing it
1: Emery how about you I'm going over I feel like Jameis enhances the offense he gives them a chance to really win this ball game they should have gone to Jameis Winston since the start of the season because he's a better talent than Derek Carr. The players are telling you without telling you that they rather play for Jameis as opposed to Carr. And when you look at we got last week, that post-firing motivational bump from Carolina, the offense looked a little bit decent against Tampa Bay. I feel like we can see this one being 21-17 type game, which definitely helps you catch this over.
0: And you can always get that pick six uh, to help us get it over as well from Jameis Winston. You never know which way uh, those touchdowns are going to go. Let's move on to another game with some questionable quarterback play. I'm talking about the Texans at the Jets. The Texans are set with the rookie of the year, C.J. Stroud. But the Jets, will it be Zach Wilson? Will it be Trevor Simeon? Now, Zach Wilson reportedly wants the ball. Uh, They have, as we record this, they have not made an official announcement on who the quarterback will be. But we do see money. Coming in on the Jets. Emery, go ahead.
1: Breaking news. They did report Zach Wilson will be the starter uh, again for the Jets this week.
0: Okay, well, that's what I expected to hear. And it's interesting, RJ, the market seems to like that news because uh, we're seeing this number come down.
2: Well, he's certainly their best quarterback. So, you know, their best option here. So I think you have to react to that. Houston's offense gave up five sacks with Titus Howard's sideline, lost Tank Dell. The Jets defense can limit scoring if they show up. And now they have reason to show up because you're starting your best quarterback here. So Jets defense, second in yards per play and yards per pass, fifth in the red zone and ninth in sack rate. They can get lit up by good offenses, but the weather may be a factor here in limiting what the Houston offense can do in this game. Um, the defense for Houston was excellent, generating three picks against Denver's offense that had the best interception rate in the league and held them to 0 for 11 on third down. So not a lot of scoring here, uh, which is reflective in the total. I think the only way really to look is the under here. Um, and I can understand people wanting to bet the Jets at the big number um, reacting to that news.
1: I like, this number. I like this number now at minus four and a half. It was, like you said, five and a half earlier. I'm laying these points with the Texans. They have what looks to be the rookie of the year in C.J. Stroud. their passing game, even without Tank Dell, will find some success. The run game concerns me, but I feel like their defense will be able to keep things frustrating for Zach Wilson. So I trust the Texans and what they have as a whole uh, team, as opposed to what the Jets bring to the table.
0: Okay, well, now we have a game with some excellent quarterback play because we're talking about Lamar Jackson against Matthew Stafford. Rams at Ravens. The Rams have scored 36-plus points in two straight games with Kyron Williams back, but they're taking on a rested Ravens team coming off the bye that has the number one defense. Again, not good weather for this L.A. offense in terms of the passing game. It's a big number, though. RJ, are you going to lay it?
2: Yeah, if I'm playing this, I'm laying it. And the Rams offense now 10th in yards per play. Had some trouble scoring before the last two weeks. They're facing the top scoring defense on the road here. Baltimore is also first in yards per play, second in sack rate, third in the red zone. I think it's going to be very tough for the Rams to get to 20, even in a game with good weather here. And their defense is 14th in yards per play. They're solid across the board. This is the toughest test they face since giving up 43 points in Dallas. Baltimore, if you look back at, are they good at after the bye? They haven't covered in their last three, but they've dominated the yardage in those games. So I think that's a bit fluky here. Um, I think they benefit more with the weather as the better rushing team with Lamar Jackson being able to do more with his legs. And that makes the Mark Andrews injury, of course, less of a factor if you're running the ball more. So if I'm going to play it, I'm going to lay the points with Baltimore here. Emery.
1: Yeah, I'm going to lay these points. Uh, as much as people like to joke about Jameis Winston the interceptions and pick sixes, Matthew Stafford is the guy that throws the ball to the other team and they take it back the other way. And when you combine that element with bad weather and him versus pressure, that the Baltimore Ravens front seven can bring, this screams lay the points with Baltimore. And Baltimore tends to show up for games like this versus these spotlight quarterbacks and spotlight coaches. Although, I do give Sean McVay my vote for coach of the year for having this young Rams team, super competitive. And they were in the playoffs for about three hours before the Packers won. So this team could potentially still make the postseason. But in this ballgame, I think they get smoked. And that was a big
0: loss uh, for the Jaguars in terms of the Ravens having a great shot at the number one overall seed in the AFC and the all-important buy that goes with that. Guys, we have taken care of the early slate. We're going to attack the 4 p.m. slate, but we got to pay for this show. So let's hear from one of our sponsors. All right. Well, the first matchup again has some quarterback uncertainty. We're looking at the Vikings at the Raiders. And as of this recording, uh, Kevin O'Connell has not committed uh, to Josh Dobbs, but it looks like Dobbs will get another start. How many times is he going to turn it over? I mean, he had such a great start and then the wheels fell off. RJ, what do you think about this matchup?
2: Yeah, you'll notice, you two will notice, I got on really late before the show, and that's because I was getting out of a meeting, but I wanted to jump on Twitter, see if any announcement happens. We're recording this at a weird time for us, Wednesday at 1 p.m. And sure enough, yeah, it looks like Dobbs is going to be the starter here. Um, That that was the announcement in addition to the Jets news that Emery said earlier. So that's interesting here. In the last game before the bye, Vegas put up 6.2 yards per play on an elite Kansas City defense. Ultimately couldn't stop Mahomes defensively. This is a much easier tester, even with Justin Jefferson back. Minnesota's offense struggled with turnovers before the bye. With Dobbs at starter. I think that's their best chance, um, but it's tough for me to lay this many points with them. I mean, you think about what this line would be if Kirk Cousins was still at quarterback. It couldn't be much higher than this, um, and and Dobbs is definitely a downgrade from from Kirk Cousins and what he can do. Aiden O'Connell's faced some tough defenses and taking over a quarterback has not been awful. I think he can shine with extra prep in this game. Um, so after Minnesota laid four and a half in Carolina and three in Chicago with Kirk Cousins, they only covered both those games, getting defensive scores in both those games. I think this line is way off here. I think it should be much lower. So I have Vegas plus three as a best bet. There's an official play.
0: RJ, I really think this was a great time to get the buy for a rookie like Aiden O'Connell uh, after he had some games under his belt, but right before we get into the home stretch. Our, uh, Emery, how do you see it?
1: I'm with RJ. I like the Raiders here. And uh, the thing we're seeing with a lot of these backup quarterbacks is confidence. When you come in the game with super confidence, you're able to play free and able to play well and help keep the offense on pace. And we're seeing that from Aiden O'Connell. That's why they jumped out to that early lead against Kansas City. And what we see in this ball game, from a matchup perspective, the Vikings can't really run the ball, expect the Raiders to be aggressive defensively, playing the run on the way to the quarterback. And that'll force some three and outs. They'll force potentially some turnovers. I like them here at home. I like what they're doing under um, their, 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 their head coach over there, their interim head coach. This next team is the best team in football right now. I don't
0: think I'm going to get any disagreement from the two of you, or at least I'm going to assume that you agree until you uh, start to give your take on this game. The 49ers hosting the Seahawks when healthy, which they've been since the buy they've pummeled four straight opponents. They are power rated the highest team in the league. They would be favored on a neutral over every other team in the league yet. We have seen money come in on the Seahawks because this did open higher uh, despite how the 49ers dominated them. But you have to remember, Geno Smith was not healthy uh, for that first game with the 49ers. He looked completely healthy against a very tough defense in Dallas. And I think that's why we're seeing money on the 49ers. RJ, how do you see it?
2: Yeah, I would go over on this game. Seattle's offense surprisingly effective in a road matchup against elite defense last week. Matchup's only slightly better this week, but I think it is a little bit easier. San Francisco's defense held Seattle's offense to six points in that first meeting, but Gina was injured during that game. I don't know if they're going to allow a ton here, but I think it'll be enough to get over because that 49ers offense is firing all cylinders. They won 134 to 49 points in their four games since the bye, despite three of those being on the road against potential playoff teams. And Seattle's given up 30 plus points per game in their last five. You know, I get the high spread. I get how it's just scary to go against San San Francisco here, so I don't want to do it with Seattle. So if I play it, it's going to be the over in this game. Emery,
0: will you get in front of this 49ers train?
1: Not one bit. I'd rather take a a strong jab from Mike Tyson in the face and get in front of this spread here. I'm going to go with RJ and go over, because when you think about um, Seattle, it worries me. Why do they play so well against the Cowboys? Was it because their playoff life was on the line there? Will they come out with that same level of execution, enthusiasm, and effort? Especially up front, their offensive line was great versus the Cowboys. Will it be great again versus an even better defensive front? So I worry about that. But I agree with RJ in the fact that the passing game looks to be competent and ready to go, and that's where they can attack San Francisco. I do like the over the cash. All right. Well, this
0: game would be the game of the week in most seasons, uh, but there is e- an even better matchup later on. But talking about the Bills and the Chiefs, they've played some amazing thrillers uh, the past few seasons. My early look at this game, guys, is going to be on the under because just the way that the offense the Bills have done since the since the firing is is more running game, more James Cook. And we know the Chiefs have been very committed to the run, and we know they've been struggling uh, to get the passing game on track. I mean, they could have benefited from some legit officials' uh, calls on the pass interference. But I'm going to look under here because I think both teams want to run the ball, um, and I have not checked the latest weather. uh, But in KC, that's always an issue. RJ, how are you looking at this one?
2: Yeah, I can understand that. Um, Once this line moved down, it seems like there's Bill's money coming in because it was 2.5 and and now it's down to 1.5. I decided to look at the Chiefs, and I like the Chiefs at minus 1.5. The offense looked good against Green Bay. Rishi Rice really emerging as the number one receiver that they need to complement Kelsey and Pacheco. Defense has been shaky in their last two, but they did hold Miami and Philly under 300 yards at home in the two games prior to this. The defense also much better defending the pass than the run. Uh, And Buffalo ran the ball 78 times in the last two games before the bye, like you mentioned like they want to run, run, run now. I just don't trust their defense to get consistent pressure when they need it in Kansas City. Mahomes can pick apart the secondary the, the way that it is right now. I think Kansas City is a tier above Buffalo, and this line is saying, they're basically even when you consider Kansas City's home field advantage. So I would make it the other side of three, just thinking Kansas City is a, is a pretty solid bet above Buffalo right now in power ratings, and I would lay it. So best bet, Kansas City minus one and a half. Patrick Mahomes, awful loss at
0: home. Very tempting, Emery. What do you say?
1: Yeah, I like the Chiefs here as well. I think R.J. touched and their defense and their ability to run the ball should give Buffalo some problems. At worst, it shrinks the ball game uh, for the Bills, forcing them to maximize their possessions. And we haven't seen them Blake play, play consistent ball uh, at at all for four quarters during the season. So now with Buffalo, if they take away, let's say a Stephon Diggs, who else on that receiving core will, will step up consistently to to find some success? Now, granted, Brian Cook being out hurts Casey in the secondary. But this defense has been leading from the front anyway, and Kansas City's run game has been also potent consistently throughout the season. I just don't see this as a good matchup for Buffalo.
0: One more 4 o'clock game at AFC West, Broncos at Chargers. And I've heard a lot of people say that they think the wrong team is favored here with the Chargers coming in, laying a field goal at most books after a game where they did not score a touchdown in New England, yet covered the spread. The Broncos were on a five-game win streak, but all the turnover luck ran out at Houston. Uh, They couldn't get in the end zone to keep that winning streak alive. RJ, would you lay three points with the Chargers offense that kind of looks discombobulated.
2: I wouldn't lay three points with the Chargers unless they're playing a very bad team, and Denver right now is not a very bad team, so I have a best bet on the Broncos at plus three. Chargers defense, 28th in yards per play, and that's even coming off of facing an awful New England def- offense in bad weather. I think they're going to wilt when they're facing a solid end offense, and that's what Denver has. They had a rare turnover issues versus Houston, but they're 17th in yards per play, 17 plus points in all but one game since week one. Their defense kept the team in the game versus houston despite the offensive struggles they only allowed two of their 12 drives to go over 40 yards and that's against a very good houston offense indoors there um and i think that this chargers offense is not on the level they're relying on a banged up keenan allen a struggling austin eckler who's topped 3.5 yards per rush just once since week one and you look at those chargers wins it was a coin flip game against minnesota early in the season and then they beat aiden o'connell in his first start tyson Bajan, zach wilson bailey zappi now you're getting Russell Wilson, definitely a step up, right, based on what we've seen this season from Russell Wilson on those quarterbacks. So I think Denver's going to win this game. So plus three, it's two and a half in, in the markets so in, in the market in a lot of spots. At that point, I'm looking to tease it, but but I and, or play the money line. But uh, for the the book that we're at now, plus three is the best bet here.
0: Yeah, and when you can put Pat Sertan on uh, Keenan Allen, that could definitely uh,
1: help your cause there. Uh, Emory, do you agree? Totally, like. Lay these points or take the Broncos on the money line as well uh, because this is a team in the Chargers that can't uh, get out of its own way in terms of in, uh, inconsistent play from their receivers. They drop a lot of passes. Uh, the run game is non-existent. Eckler is a better complementary back than a lead back. And the Broncos can get pressure, and we know Justin Herbert doesn't do well versus pressure. So all things are checking boxes for the for the Broncos. in indoors, ideal conditions, ideal uh, field conditions as well, Take them on the money line. All right. We got a big agreement on that one. And now I think
0: this is the game of the weekend when you talk about the Eagles at the Cowboys. And it's just been all Cowboys love because the Eagles look terrible last week. They look tired. They look banged up. Uh, the 49ers just completely dominated them. They've had a brutal schedule, the Eagles, and they kind of looked that they ran out of gas a little bit, and now they have to go to Dallas, which basically scores 40 points every single home game. It's almost automatic, although this is the toughest team by far that they have faced at home. In fact, the Seahawks were the best team they had played at home all season. Uh, to me, the three seems tempting because there's been a lot of 3 and a halfs out there. RJ? How you are you thinking about this
2: one? Yeah, we're leaning to three right now. Dallas has the better defense of these teams, ranking fourth in yards per play to Philly's 24th, but they also have the better offense, 7th versus 13th. Now, the Eagles can can get by, and the reason the record's so good is because they're so good in short yardage situations and scoring touchdowns when they need to, but their offense does rank 21st in sack rate and 22nd in interception rate, and you know Dallas thrives on getting pressure and generating turnovers. The defense can't get off the field for Philly on third down. they rank 32nd in success rate, where Dallas' offense is second, so I expect that tired philly defense you were talking about coming off that overtime game against buffalo got beat up and down the field by san francisco they're going to be worn out again in this game i believe because they just haven't been able to get off the field i wanted to make the argument for philly catching the hook because they're a very good team could not do it i did not want to take them at three and a half i think at minus three you got to lay it with the cowboys if you're going to play it they have to have the win here to stay in the division race emery
1: yeah, that's the key. That's why I'm going under, because we'll see things revert back to the mean. Ideal conditions in Dallas, they're playing indoors. The last two games for Philly has been in the rain with Buffalo and also with San Francisco. Now they're getting an ideal slate, and people are starting to question the toughness of that defense, especially the secondary. So we expect to see both sides of the ball really lean back into what the, what made them well. And when you think about Dallas, this is a playoff game, not only for Seating, like you talked about, RJ, but like you mentioned, for the division. So we may see both teams kind of keep things close to the vest. We'll see a tighter game, a closer game. That's why the, the spread is is three. But I like the under. I think people are expecting the offensive shootout. I think we'll get close to an old school NFC East type of a ball game. We may see this one be 24 20. Wow.
0: Well, we're going to get to a very unusual Monday night football slate. Well, it's never happened that they've played two Monday night football games at the same time, but that's what ESPN is doing uh, on Monday night football. The first one is the Titans against the Dolphins. The Dolphins laying almost two touchdowns. The Dolphins, basically, they destroy bad teams. That's what they do, but they had a similar situation. They couldn't cover against the Raiders at home, but no Jeffrey Simmons for the Titans. Uh, To me, that Could be a fatal blow for this defense. To me, it's going to be lay it or stay away. RJ, how about you?
2: Yeah, I'm in the same boat here. Tennessee's defense, fourth in yards per rush and 26th in yards per pass. The Simmons injury obviously hurts with the former and, and even the latter. And that's not a great split anyway when you're facing this Miami pass offense that can score from anywhere in the field. We saw it with Tyreek Hill last week. It was just automatic touchdown right away against Washington. Tennessee's defense, second in red zone rate. But Miami's first wide, wide margin on offense, so they can overmatch that strength because of how good they are on the offensive side of the ball. And then Tennessee's offense, 30th on third down and in the red zone. They're not equipped to go blow for blow with an elite offense they're not equipped to sustain drives get in the red zone get some touchdowns and they're 0 and 6 straight up on the road so I mean you're not, you don't expect that anyway in a road game Miami has a great home field advantage I thought the Miami number was inflated last week I proved wrong uh, it doesn't it doesn't matter with the ratings because they can smoke mediocre teams and the Titans right now are mediocre teams so if you're going to play it I think you got to lay it Emory, I'm thinking you're
1: you're with us in terms of Miami or nothing yeah, you laid these points with Miami. It was funny because last week I had a nice 15-leg parlay going, and I'm watching the Washington and Miami game. I'm like, oh, I had took the under because it was like 50 and a half points. So I'm like, yeah, Miami got this one in control. And I'm sitting back like, they keep scoring. And it is like, I'm in danger here. And it went over because they just kept scoring and blowing out Washington. So obviously that kicked me out of my parlay. But I like them here because you have a couple of factors. You have the Titans that are in turmoil right now. Derrick Henry may be in concussion protocol. He may not play, although Tajay Spears is really good, one of my top five backs coming into the draft. And you also look at Ryan, uh, i about to say Ryan Tannehill, fraudulent slip right there. But I'm talking about Will Levis. He's just not as effective as he was when his first start when he threw the four touchdowns uh, it, it, out there in Tennessee. So all of the screams, they're going to get crushed, blown out. Uh, ladies, 13 and a half points. Stay away from that total when you're dealing with Miami.
0: The other game that we have at the same time, to me, is a little interesting. The Giants, yes, the Giants have a two-game winning streak, and Tommy DeVito uh, will be back at quarterback. They're coming off a bye, and the Packers, yeah, Jordan Love's been incredible. Ten touchdowns, two picks the last four weeks, 267 or more passing yards in each game, but we saw Christian Watson go down with the hamstring strain. It looks unlikely that he'll be out there. Aaron Jones, iffy at best, and Christian Watson just means so much to that offense uh, that actually at this moment, I would have a hard time uh, laying the points with the Packers. RJ, what about you?
2: Yeah, Green Bay hitting their stride. Three straight wins over Chargers, Lions, and Chiefs. The key is no turnovers in those three games. But I don't think that's going to last. As good as Jordan Love is playing, you just can't avoid that at all times. And this seems like a tough spot on the road in prime time here. Giants defense has multiple takeaways in six of the last eight games, including versus Miami, Buffalo, and Dallas. Much better offenses. Green Bay's middle of the road defense should be able to handle Devito, you would think. But he's had flashes during this this run, and he's had two weeks to prepare for this game. Um, and even with this Veto now announced as the starter. this line feels like it can only come down from here. Um, I was able to lock in seven briefly when it was seven at another book on the site. Um, so I took Giants plus seven at that point. Even here, I think that's the way you got to lean for the Giants. Just expect them to be competitive. I mean, the market is treating them like they're a winless team and one of the worst teams in the last several years with this number, you know, playing a six and six Packers team. But they won four games. And, and like you said, they're on a two-game winning streak. They're finding ways to be competitive um, despite the limitations they have. Talent wise, and it's not like the Packers have looked very good all season um, before this recent stretch, so I think this number's gotten a little too inflated based on what happened in the last Packers game last week.
1: Amory, you grabbing the points as well? Man, I'm laying these points, man. It's, listen, the way Giants fans and beat media have been talking about Tommy DeVito's success out here in New York where I live, uh, it has been comical. They beat the Patriots 10-7, and that seven they scored came off a turnover on their own end, so for me, they're not doing anything offensively that threatens the Packers. So we saw the Packers do a great job against the Chiefs offense. What do you think they're going to do against the NFL Europe roster out there on offense? Sands, Saquon Barkley, by the way, who's playing at a fantastic level. They'll stop Barkley. They'll force Simon DeVito to make some big boy NFL throws to NFL three wide receivers. That won't happen. Green Bay should win comfortably. Let's say 24-7 because I like the Giants defense. But Six and a half—that's easy money for Green Bay versus Tommy DeVito, who's thrown you know, those a lot of those touchdowns. Came against Washington, and we saw Miami empty the whole—you know—playbook against the same Commanders. Packers' defense is playing a little bit better. They'll take care of business. This is an easy cover, in my opinion, for Green Bay.
0: All right, guys, let's look at our official plays from this show. RJ, I'm going to start with you. You have four big plays for week 14, and you have more on Sportsline.com. But let's go down the four plays that you love today.
2: Yeah, I took the Bears plus three and a half. I unfortunately dropped my internet drop. I think when you were having this conversation, I just think three and a half is too much for a Bears team that's playing well coming off a bye and the Lions team seems a little rattled here. I think the Lions should probably be in the two range. Um, I got Broncos plus three. I think that line should be in the one range um, because the Chargers don't have a great home field advantage and their offense is very beat up. I don't think they can hang... In this game with the Broncos Raiders, I wouldn't be surprised if that game should be pick them, you know, with the Vikings. I think the Vikings are being way overrated by the market right now. Um, and this line seems similar to what it should be if Josh Dobbs w- was in quarterback and it was Kirk Cousins still. Um, but maybe I'm just overrating the Raiders a little bit. I just think they're playing hard and they have a lot of talent on that offensive side. And then Chiefs minus one and a half with that line coming down from two and a half to one and a half. I think they're the better team here. And this line is telling me the Chiefs and Bills are even. And I just don't believe that at this point.
0: Emery, you have got three plays up on the screen. Uh, run them down for us.
1: Yeah, a lot involved in the NFC South. We have the NFC South de facto championship game between the Falcons and Bucks. I trust in Desmond Ritter this time around. He won't turn the ball over at the goal line two times. So I'm laying these points with the Falcons. The Broncos should be favored in this ballgame. So while you have them as value, take them on the money line or take them plus three. And the Saints and Panthers going over 37 and a half points. This is more of a Jameis play and the play from the Panthers getting that fired head coach bump, you know, that interim coach comes in, everybody's trying to prove themselves. So we should get a competitive game here that goes over that total.
0: And I'm on the Bears along with RJ getting three and a half. This team has been trending in the right direction. The defense is healthy. They don't give up anything in terms of rushing. And I think Jared Goff is going to struggle in the cold weather, whereas Justin Fields is going to be able to make some plays on the ground. And then the Panthers, uh, they covered for me last week. I think they can keep it close again against a very limited Saints team that has yet to cover a game at home. 0-5 against the spread at home. That is going to do it for the NFL Week 14 Mega Preview presented by BetMGM. If you stay on this channel at 2 p.m. Eastern, Mackenzie Brooks will be breaking down the entire NBA slate with props with the Sportsline data team. So stick around for that at 2 o'clock. And then back tomorrow, same channel, 10 a.m. for a big Thursday show hosted by Sia Najad. We will see you then.